Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, roll up, roll up. Welcome to Roll the Roost podcast. I'm your host, Tatrunk, and I'm joined this week by Mr. Sebastian Stafford Bloor. How are you doing, Seb? I'm doing okay, Jack. Uh, kind of, we're sort of moving between Tatrunk, Jack, Jack Hussey, Jay Huss. Can't really decide on uh, interesting little commentary on the, on the state of your psyche, that, isn't it? As, uh, as you see with, Pochettino's methods, mate. I I adopt a, a fluid <laughs> approach to my uh, to my output. Um, yeah, okay. I don't like to be pigeonholed. Don't like to be too clearly defined. You know, um, we don't we don't live in a binary society anymore, mate. You know, no, no. It is your right to identify as you wish. Gender, so. sexuality, everything. You know, um, yeah. and in this in this instance, persona. I guess some yeah. people may say it's a you know, a work of ego or some sort of underlying mental health issue that I undoubtedly <laughs> hold, but it just allows me to sometimes get a bit drunk, say silly things on Twitter, and then just be like, of course I didn't mean that. You know, it's just uh, alter ego. Yeah, it's yeah. just to yeah. trunk, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, is true sometimes, but other times I kind of, I, I know I've afforded myself that freedom to, to be a bit of a knob like that. Um, Quite, quite dapper laughs, isn't it? Oi, oi, now. <laughs> you watch yourself. It was, only, it was only a few months ago that you were an owl, mate. All right? So, uh, you know, you don't like I don't, that. I don't why why, the owl why do you hate it so much, Seb? I, I wanna, I'm going to grill you on air now. All right, okay. Um, uh, I don't hate it. It was just, it was, it was the past. It was a vehicle for kind of, I didn't want to, I didn't, I started out writing like under that guise because I didn't want to be, you know, the the, the double barrel surname guy, and also I didn't also, um, I if it was shit, then I you know uh, as per to trunk, I wanted the, the, I don't, the no, I don't do shit stuff, mate. No, Sorry. but. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to be able that, to no, potentially, yeah. potentially distance myself from it. Fair enough. Um, yeah. That got a bit serious a bit soon, didn't that it? Did, so, that did, that, that, yes, it is also, we're recording a Sunday lunchtime. But look at it, mate. This is, this is what the gateway, you know, put, put, put an elephant as your Twitter avi, put out some shit, and it's, it's a gateway to proper, proper discussion. Proper. Yeah. Hashtag proper discussion. Proper discussion, yeah. Um, that's, that's just what I, I bring to the mix. I think, mate. Um, 
no rides this week. This is this is mainly my fault um, because time constraints and such have seen to it that I have to record on a Sunday. And he's uh, we have got our game on Tuesday as well, um, so I guess it gives us a bit more time to talk about stuff without actually planning properly. But we never plan properly, so that's just bullshit, isn't it? No, um, no, we did um, we did plan that one week where I was tasked with coming up with a running order. And then Raj laughed at me for just thieving it mostly from who scored dot com. But um, you know, what, what can you I don't know. I, I think I think it works better. We add a little bit. We do. Um that probably is a nice way of saying talk shite for a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk shite about Middlesbrough. Um, yeah. what are your They really they, they they really were shite as well. They were uh Well first half they definitely were. Yeah, yeah. Possibly, possibly one of the worst Premier League performances I've ever seen from a football team. Genuinely, so, and I, honestly, yeah. honestly, I believe that. Like, um, any, anything that stands out for you, first and foremost, mate? Uh, well, because we're on a Sunday, I'm still. I've only I, I've only watched an hour of it, um, so uh, I'm I haven't got any sort of any deeper points to make, but. Um, I thought we did okay. I, I, I was I was pleased actually because I saw the first hour. Um, I was pleased. I mean, whenever you see Dembele and Dyer missing from our team sheet and Kane, you worry and you worry especially when we're away from home. But um, I thought we were pretty good. I mean, we were pretty dominant. We we actually at halftime we probably should have been three or four up rather than just two. Um, but yeah, always nice to win away. Always nice to win. I suppose actually, you know, given that um, we're we're set to go to Russia this week, um, and I imagine the players will be leaving either later today or early tomorrow, there could have been a little bit of that, you know, Champions League distraction. I mean, you know, Middlesbrough versus the Champions League is, is you know, it's not pretty pretty easy to get um, to for 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 sort of attention to wander a little bit. Um, so it was um, it was professional. We rocked a little bit in the second half, as far as I saw, and. Um, yeah, I think we, we, we talked a little bit off air about um, the Pochettino sub issue. Uh, and you've got some slightly stronger opinions than I do about that. Uh, I do. I, I I don't know. I think one of, uh, uh, one of the big things that's been made out about Pochettino, before we signed him at least, um, I think we had Steve on from Southampton, who was particularly scathing of Pochettino's lack of a plan B, which is kind of that phrase that's been bandied about around him and I don't agree with that I don't agree with the lack of a plan B th- thing maybe maybe it was true during Southampton whatever but you know he's a manager he's growing and he's learning and I think we've seen more often than not that you know he has been able to turn a game around he has been able to manage a performance so on and so forth yeah. um one thing I will say that's fairly consistent with Pochettino love him as I do um I feel that this this perception of having a lack of plan B stems more from the fact he has the utmost determination and conviction behind his plan A. Um, and subsequently, it often means... And this this is... I'm not saying this is as a total criticism, but subsequently, he is very slow to react to what's happening on the pitch, I feel, because such is his conviction that his way will work. And... It, it's very easy um, with hindsight to say, well, this did or didn't work. However, I, I do think one thing he needs to improve on is the timing of substitutions. I think 
yesterday, for uh, for example. Um, Mr. Sissoko, I think he started the game very well. I like his directness. Um, Toward the end of the game, he he was he was trash. Uh, I know that sounds harsh, but I I think he was terrible. Um, toward the tail end, um, not even the tail end. Like I'd probably say from the hour mark, his positioning was off. He seemed to be running all over the place. He was misplacing passes. Uh, he didn't really look like he was up to speed with any sort of rhythm with the team. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. It, it was it was crying out for Lamella to come on. It was crying out for Lamella to come on and just give us a bit more of a foothold because Borough were in the ascendancy. Um, this is still at the point of it being 2-0, but they were knocking on the door. Um, and I think we just needed someone like Lamella to come in and calm it down a bit. Um, and I know that sounds a bit, it sounds a bit bizarre to say that of Lamella, who is quite hot-headed and gets stuck in and things. But I think what he brings is is that, kind of drive and that he's 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 there's i think the thing about lamella is for all his whatever faults people have i think one thing you cannot take away from him is that he he puts in very focused performances he always he he, he, he always seems to have a clear idea of what he's doing and i think he is generally always in sync with the team um and i think he and that's you know he he, he's got that through playing with this team for the past three years now three four years i I think it's three years four years whatever um whereas sissoko yeah he is a new signing and he can't be expected to be on that level um but i i just think personally there's a certain there's a i don't know there's just there's an assured presence now to lamella you know he he is an established member of the first team um and i think just his energy alone could have shored us up a bit and seen us keep the ball and stop losing the ball in kind of dodgy positions. And I, I think Pochettino was slow to react to that. I don't think Lamella should have been coming on to stop Borough from scoring a second goal. I think he should have come on to see us get the third goal and seal the game. You know, I, he's 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 actually you know I I I see him as a bit of um he's kind of a pressure valve player in the sense that like he, like you say he, he's not someone you bring on to necessarily just to prevent um you know a, a goal from being scored but his his ball retention is 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 actually pretty good and also I I mean in terms of what he does at, at the top of the pitch in terms of pressing and without the ball he's very good at stopping pressure build. Um, against you, so when you get into a situation where you know, you're clearing your lines and the ball keeps coming back at you, he's actually an ideal player because either he retrieves the ball or he breaks up the play with you know some some sort of you know uh, bastard foul or something. Um, and I think that's that's kind of that that would have had a bit of a value yesterday. I mean, not a big deal because I, I think I, we, we said earlier actually, I think maybe um, he's he's probably going to start in Russia, so maybe. Maybe the sub was was sort of delayed because Pochettino wanted to, to limit his minutes or whatever. I, I'm not sure. Um, I'd imagine away from home in Europe, Lamella is a an ideal candidate to start. I, I can't believe he won't. Um, so um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm not. I, I think we 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 were both kind of slightly disappointed with the Sissoko signing. So maybe we're. Um, I don't know. I, I I feel a little bit influenced by what I've seen at Newcastle. The date, so I'm not sure whether I don't know. I think, well, 
Yeah, maybe. I, uh, he, I don't feel good about him. I put it that way. He's he's got some winning over to do. I mean, he, he's you said to me this morning. I kind of prefer him as an impact player. I do. I, I kind I of do. Agree, I kind of agree with you there. I mean, I I like he's he's a pretty dynamic player, and also I don't really trust him tactically yet. Which is not actually a criticism of him. It's just a, a sort of well, how can he have possibly learn to have played for Pochettino in three weeks? I mean, it's not going to happen. So, um, but yeah, he makes me a little bit nervous. I really um, am trying to, uh, because I agree with you. I it's happened now. Yeah, it, exactly. You know, accept it. He's, he's one of our players. You get behind him, of course we yeah. do. But um, yeah, still still not. I, don't, I, I, I yeah, feel a little bit uneasy when I see his name on the team sheet from the beginning. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind seeing him come off the bench. But yeah, I can't really disagree with you there, mate. Um, one of the other the talking points uh, from the match, uh, it actually kind of inspired by Rude Hullet rant or not so much a rant but he was quite scathing in his critique of Vincent Janssen's performance which I feel is pretty unjust um I feel Vincent Janssen was actually brilliant yesterday um and I but I wanted to I wanted to kind of look into it a bit further than just a knee-jerk well you know Rude Hullet's twat or whatever yeah nice <laughs> nice one mate you know for yeah neglecting the fact he assisted a goal and held up play and so on and so forth but I, ju- I just wanted to kind of look into this idea that you know because I- I've voiced my frustration before um with Kane when I've said that you know one of the things I feel that he sometimes doesn't do um is be that option, yeah, to be, to be a bit more direct, to be that option in the box when we kind of just need to lump a ball into the box and make sure our centre forward is on the end of it in the, in and around the six yard box to just get on the end of something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I look at what Janssen's doing now, it, 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 it does indicate that this is this is what Pochettino wants, isn't it? That it, it is. We've spoken at, at length before about our fluid attacking band. And how these players are, you know, we need to stop looking at these players as this is a striker, this is a winger, this is a number 10, that this is a unit, that this is an, an actual block of attacking players who are all signed because they have a particular skill set and a particular ability to operate with one another in mm-hmm. in a dynamic fashion. Um, and yeah. I, I, to, to, to I, you know, you can't expect Rude Hullet to, you know, research that kind of thing because he's only getting paid to front you know the uh the nation's top football program of course you know not front but at least be a pundit on there so you know you, you can forgive him for perhaps not being an expert where he's required to be an expert on football um <laughs> however to, if you know if you are to be slightly as harsh you know that probably is a slightly nuanced point that you pick up from following Spurs and from watching us every single week that this is actually how we operate that it's not Janssen doing something wrong um but I guess my point and then my question to you would be on this one Seb is that do you think that maybe just maybe that this is something Pochettino maybe should address because I, I I would say as much as I, I I definitely buy into that and I think it is good and I think Janssen put in a very good performance yesterday. The word potentially a couple of times yesterday or maybe towards the end of a game when sometimes we do just kind of need need a head on it if, if for want of a to, to go a bit accidental yeah. hairy cap, you know. No, no, no. I, I I take that point. I I I mean, but I I think it's a sort of I think it's a balance. I think that um. 
it's got to be hard if you're kind of, I suppose the temptation for, um, for, for Janssen initially is to focus on being a facilitator and, you know, because like you say, you know, Kane has, has become someone that sort of, uh, combines those, the goal scoring and the facilitating quite well. But like, I, you know, you stress that he's become that he wasn't naturally that, and he's had to learn that. And, and I, I think that sort of the tie big, I don't think, I don't think Chris is really fair. Sorry, I'm yawning. I know I'm boring, mate. But come no, on. I haven't had any coffee this morning. Um, I I think that sort of his focus yesterday is not would, would not have been on kind of right, Vincent. Can you change the score? It's a right. You're the you're the sort of the the for now anyway the temporary piece which has been brought in. Your priority is to ensure that you know the the, the proper function of those players behind you, and given you know, given his contribution in that department, I think a really good game. Um, yes, he does eventually have to become the guy that sort of, you know, when, when we're trying to exit, we can't always be playing out from the back. He does have to become, you know, the focal point and the pivot. Um, but he, he, these are these are things you learn. And, and you know, him, just, just as we've said with Sissoko, I know that Janssen's had a preseason, but, you know, there's a fitness um, issue here. He... I think in time, I think Raj said this last week, I think in time he'll lose a little bit of weight. Um, he's not overweight, of course. He's just, he, he's, he's quite chunky. Um, it's, it's, it's getting to, there's being fit and then there's Pochettino fit, isn't there? And I, yeah, two different levels. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, not a tra- uh, that's not a trademark trademark expression, <laughs> but it's 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 a it's a valid point, even if I do say so yeah. myself. No, 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 I completely agree. And so, you know, there's Christ, a... I'm a twat. <laughs> if you're... <laughs> If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna do things like if you're gonna run into the channels and if you're gonna hold the ball up and if you're going to if you're going to to do that then you know you're ultimately it, it, it's difficult to balance it between you know being in the centre of the pitch and being you know the player that bursts into the six into the sort of onto the penalty spot when um, when the ball is out wide you, or being you, worked. You could see he was knackered after about 65, 70 minutes yesterday, Janssen. He was he was running on fumes, and that's. It's that last section. That's when the Pochettino fitness kicks in. Pochettino, I'm fully going with that expression now, by the way. Poch fit. Pochettino fitness. Poch fit. Okay. That's, that's when Poch yeah. fit okay. kicks in. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go with that expression. I and quite he, like that. He'll get there because we've seen it, you know, we've seen it with with just with Kane. You know, if you think about the the lad that came into the first team, he was obviously, you know, he's, he's a, a fit footballer, but he was still still a bit chubby. You know, he had, had that kind of to do. youthful yeah. glow on his face, kind of rosy cheek, so on and so forth. And I guess part of that is just developing. He's kind of come of age and that kind of thing. But at the same time, you you can clearly see in Kane's physique, in his fitness, yeah. in everything. Well, in it, just look at his face. He's an, I mean, look, look, yeah, look yeah. at the difference between that sort of that slightly round faced guy and, you know, someone who is, you know, well, still obviously Harry Kane, but, you know, he... um bit more chiseled now around the jawline and he has lost a few pounds um and i think that's kind of you know i i I think it gets lost the sort of how hard came works and how hard the sole tottenham forward does have to work to be to 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 kind of straddle those two departments and he's learned to do it and jansen's got to be allowed the the same amount of time to do that but as a sort of you know as a first premier league start i thought uh, as a first premier league start as an outright forward without kane around him i thought that was pretty good effort i I think Um, I, I know it's it's very easy to fall into this fanboyism of Kane and stuff because he's our whatever, we're the Rovers. But it is also stuff like this that I look at Vincent Janssen 
and he's a, he's obviously a very talented player. You know, he they might be going through a bit of a tough time at the moment, but you know, he's he's one of the Netherlands star players. He's absolutely decimated the Eredivisie last year, mm-hmm. and you you look at kind of what he was doing, and he was kind of yeah, he was he was cane light for for want of a better expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it really makes you appreciate. Actually, you know, I, I know we we love him because he's come through the ranks, he scores a lot of goals, but really, just to, to hammer home, Kane is a fucking exceptional talent. Like, yeah, he he's really a special is. player. I, he's, I, yeah, I, and yeah. it's not just Spurs fans getting up above and beyond themselves because we want to have a new Ledley King and a new hero. Like Harry Kane really, 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 if there's any doubt in your mind, like he really is a special player. You know, he's mm-hmm. so talented that he does just what you, what we've been talking about there and what you've kind of hammered home, Seb, is that he balances all of that. He balances the fitness, the ability to kind of create, to make space for those around him and also at the same time to score as many fucking goals as he does. You know, um, yeah, yeah. And this is I, 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 just to kind of sidetrack a little bit, but one of the things that I think that, that does disappoint me that still hangs over Kane. Um, I mean, we we heard it at Wembley from the guy moaning behind us. Oh, fucking hell, that guy! Jesus. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but through some certain circles of Spurs fans, I mean, I would say certain circles, the odd knob on Twitter. That's all I'm referencing. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. the odd knob in the stand. So you know, you're gonna get fucking dullards everywhere that come up with these stupid things just to say something different. But uh, it just still seemed to be this idea, this almost yearning to see it not quite work out for Kane. And I I, I feel that after like, you know, with the, with the England stuff, I I feel that stuff is still there with the press a little bit. I feel there are certain writers that are still waiting for their, I told you so moment about Kane because not a lot of people were convinced about Kane when he first, yeah, when he first came into the team, scored that goal at Villa, started scoring a few more goals after that point. People were like, this is great. Great to see a young player doing this. Nice but, story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice story. Enjoy these yeah. 10 goals and this little run you have, and then we'll see you at Stoke next year or the year after, you know? But because yeah. his trajectory has continued upward and upward, it's almost like, you know, there's there's different levels now whereby like people are now like, well, yeah, he might not be a one season wonder, but is he world-class? I, I don't know. People uh-huh. always want to caveat his success with negativity. And I get that happens to a lot of players at the top level, you know, when they are, you know, it's something we saw with Bale a lot, you know, uh, there's, you know, when something we're seeing with Paul Pogba actually at Man United, yeah, yeah, exactly which is that. extraordinary, you know, exactly yeah. that. But I, I, I don't know. There's, it just seems to be a bit more mean spirited. Okay. Maybe it's because I'm protective of him, but I really, I, I don't, I don't like it. I, don't, I didn't like, the way he was treated really by the press and by England fans at large after the Euros. And, you know, whether or not that's getting to Kane, I don't know. But, you know, I just wanted to basically say I, um, I love Harry Kane. I have and, a theory on this. In yeah, the, I, 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 think, um, I think some of this comes from what Kane is stylistically as a player and that, um, you know, we're, we're old enough to, to sort of remember, uh, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of a little bit of a stretch, but it was sl- a slightly different generation of football. And, um, you know, sort of uh, Kane in a way is more of a 90s, 90s footballer. 
than than a, than a contemporary one in like in in terms of his shape, what in terms of the way he plays the game. Certainly, if you if you compare him to kind of the modern batch of forwards, so you're you're sort of obviously you know you're Messi's and Ronaldo's and your Aguero's and, and players like that. Um, but also to someone like I don't know Antoine Griezmann, you know this is kind of the trend for modern footballers, and and Kane is. Yeah, skillful player though he is, he is a little bit of a battering ram at times um, for us, and he is powerful and he is physical. I know that he has playmaking abilities and and, and craft as well. I I wouldn't deny that. Um, but I I think a lot of people, alongside the sort of the natural Schadenfreude that exists in the game, from you know uh, from some of our fans who want to be proved right about him, and and also opposing fans who just as we do want to see him fail because he's a Tottenham player. Um, you know, same just as we do with Jack Wilshire or Ozil or whatever. Um, I, 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 yeah, <laughs> frauds. Um, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, uh, I think there's a little bit of a reluctance to accept that a forward of that shape and um, size can still thrive. And there's a little bit of a kind of, oh, well, you know, Harry Kane's a bit of an anachronism and eventually, you know, um, he'll be found out as such i think the sort of i think part of that comes from uh people who we we have the advantage of seeing him all the time and we see some of the nuance in his game so you know he is quite an athletic player and he is um he is quite imaginative and i think that sort of you know there's um yeah um i don't think some of that i think some of that detail escapes other people um and so the temptation is to see him as a lumberer who happens to score goals rather than as an exceptional forward. And I, I don't know. I think that will change over time. There is a little bit of nastiness at work, but uh, I've always thought that that, um, that's in play anyway. I guess uh, one thing I do, uh, I do find quite interesting, but what you've touched on there though, is like, is this idea that I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not questioning. I'm just, uh... well, fuck off if you are. (laughs) Yeah. Just, uh... (laughs) Just, just thinking about it, because um, I, I remember when people would watch. I mean, one of the direct comparisons is always Sheringham. That Kane mm. is kind of like a Sheringham two point oh, and I, I, do, I do agree with that. I think there is a lot of similarities there between their play. Um, but I, I, I can't remember back way back when um, that Sheringham was often viewed as being a bit of a striker that that wasn't so much befitting of his time. I remember a lot of people would say about of Sheringham in the nineties, that he's a quite a, a forward thinking that there's almost like he's got that foundation of being an old school, classic English center forwards with this almost like continental brain. The people would often yeah. say things like that of Sheringham because, you know, he, he, he wasn't just a striker that would score as a lot of goals. He was a player that would again, make space for players off the ball. He was very good at linking up the play. You know, Sher- Sher- Sheringham never had pace ever, but the no, amount of goals the posi- forwards I've ever yeah, seen, but the positioning yeah. and everything he'd get into. And he's he's probably a player I think in terms of when people talk about the Premier League era, he's a player that's probably hugely underrated. Um, and again, maybe we're biased because we're Spurs fans, but he was he was a seriously class talent. Um, and I think people got to see that a lot more when he went to United, obviously because Spurs were shite for the most of the time he was playing with yeah, us. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's interesting, I, you know. It is interesting, it, you know, where these kind of players, where it's almost like they're not a, a throwback or a forward thinking. That they just there is because I know what you're saying. There is something about Kane where he just doesn't quite fit in in yeah. the narrative in the way football is. But 
it, it's just it's he's quite hard to define. And I think I don't know. I guess that's just what's so brilliant about him. Well, I mean, this is you, you know you, you look at him and you know the way he plays and his sort of old-fashioned haircut and his funny little face and and then you compare him to you know sort of an airbrush guy like an Aguero with his you know his his it's just uh, well the way I mean his everything with Aguero really because he's a you know, fantastic player but there's just something I suppose I, I suppose uh, clunky about Kane I mean if you were being unkind. I mean, when when you when you when you when you compare him directly to a lot of those players, he does look a little bit, I don't know, uncouth. I guess. I'm um, genuine. I'm not. I'm honestly not going accidental Sam Allardyce here, but I kind yeah. of am. Do you think any of that comes from the fact he is an English player? Do you think there is? Yeah, abso- oh, absolutely. I, I, oh, of course, mm-hmm. I do. Um, but uh, I. Um, Undoubtedly, I, I think it's terribly unfair, and it's also an example of how perceptions can sometimes deceive. But I think for a lot of people, it is the case. And 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 also, I think when Harry Kane is um, when he when he because he he does have periods when he's off form, and as good as he can be when he isn't, like there are times when when his confidence is low, he can have some terrible terrible moments, um, and that shouldn't be allowed to shape you know, the, the sort of the definition of what he is as a player, but it, it ultimately does. And so for a lot of people, Harry Kane is not a 30 goal a season forward, even though he is, he's the guy that takes bad corners for England, or he's the yeah. guy that like, okay, against, um, against Everton last season had that, you know, had that clean running on goal and missed hopelessly. And I think that, I, I think that's more about what the modern fan sees and that their sort of selective vision of the game in that, they go, oh well, you know, they they clutch at examples of shitness to to further an agenda or to prove a point, and uh, I think Kane suffers from that sometimes, um, unjustly so. Um, I just think sometimes I, I think perhaps the way to describe it is is that his troughs can be quite deep, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and and so you know it, it it that's a that's that's an invitation to his uh, detractors, um, and it always will be. What I would say unequivocally about Harry Kane, and I can't speak on behalf of other people, but I'm going to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say a fan, your mo- most fans of any any other club in Europe would happily have Harry Kane on their books. And I don't think you yeah, can say yeah, that yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I know, and I, I, I even include like Barca Real in that. I'm not saying he'd walk into the starting lineup of every single team, <laughs> but I think. There is a place for Harry Kane at any club in Europe. I do. I think there, there are so few players that offer what he does and the amount of, basically the return that he has, the drive, the attitude, everything. He's the complete package. Uh, um, and he's one of the best players in Europe. So there you go. Yeah, um, let's talk, well, well, we're talking about some of the best clubs in Europe. Um, we're going to be playing one this weekend coming and we're going to talk now to the Manchester Evening News' Rob Pollard, an old friend of the show, about the Pep Revolution. <coughs> right, welcome back to Rule the Roost, Mr. Rob Pollard. Now, the Manchester Evening News' Rob Pollard. How's it going, mate? Uh, very well, thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been a while, I think. I think we had Mooney on last time. Uh, shout out to Mr. Tadi Mooney. Um, who is running Typical City. That's where we first came into into contact with Rob, but 
think that's a that's enough of the history lesson for now, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, you probably. I'll probably be a bit of a letdown after Mr. Mooney was on the show because he's, uh, he's, he's very good, isn't he, David? But uh, I'll do my best to, to fill his shoes. I'm sure you will, mate. I'm sure you will. So let's, let's dive straight in. Um, City, it's, it's a pretty promising start to the season, mate. Um, you're playing some, I would say, delicious football. I like to use these kind of foodie analogies. Um, I would say I think you could you could describe the way you've started the season as pretty pretty good. Um, what are your what are your kind of initial thoughts? Because I mean I'm I'm already starting to see a lot of hand them the title now kind of thing. Are are you that convinced from the off? Um, I mean I think I am. I must say, but obviously the winning winning the first five games last season and watching you you, you know watching them collapse sort of. Um, puts a little bit of doubt in your head. But obviously this time it is completely different in the sense that there's a manager in charge who's kind of, he's got direction and he's got purpose and he's not, you know, he's not a dead man walking as such. I think everybody, if you go back to when City lost 4-2 at Old Trafford under uh, Pellegrini and um, Van Hals United beat them, um, that was the day really at the back end of Pellegrini's second season when he probably should have gone. So in a strange way, Guardiola coming in, kept him in, in a job for just over a year extra. But he knew he was going and uh, obviously that became quite clear in the middle of that the, the, the last season. So really, um, we had, City had a manager who was, who was just filling a, you know, filling a year's space while somebody else came in. So that was never an ideal situation. Whereas this time City have started well uh, playing superb football and obviously now they've got a manager and a coaching team who are here for at least three years and have got have very much got a vision of where they want to take the team and everything else so there seems to be a lot more purpose now and the squad's a bit stronger as well um, so I'm, I'm more confident this time that um, that they can maintain it I don't think it's going to be as easy as some people are suggesting I mean yesterday's win at Swansea um, was tinged with a bit of disappointment because City weren't absolutely, you know, fantastic in the first half. There was a bit of sort of disjointedness and um, they were a bit sort of all over the place at the back, which brought back memories of last season. So, you know, City are not the perfect team, but they do look very, very good. And you would have to say strong favourites for the title at this stage. Would you say, uh, in terms of like a, the Guardiola effect, that you've... Actually, I mean, because you touched on it there with Pellegrini. I think there was the, it was quite clear to see that, you know, whatever anyone wants to say about how it was handled, um, you know, he knew he was a dead man walking, as it were. And I can imagine it's very hard for the players to really rally behind a manager that, you know, is, is obviously, you know, just on borrowed time. Um, and so it was effectively writing a season off, perhaps. I know it could be argued that the players are still professionals and they should want to win, but... I guess that's a that's a side point, but in terms of what Guardiola's brought to the team now, do you, do you think it is more a case that at, at least at the moment what you're seeing is top class players that you still had? You know, I know you've made a lot of you know, purchases this summer, but still, you still had a, a, a top class squad last year. Um, do you think it's now a sense that those players, as well as your new additions, are just 
you know, relishing this, that it's a new environment, that it's exciting, that there's a bit more kind of hope and direction again? Or would you say that like what you're actually seeing now in terms of the way you're playing is actually like the the Guardiola fingerprint, as it were? Do you, do, I guess more to the point, do you think he's actually directly changed a lot to bring this about? Or do you think it's more just a, it's, it's a collective, if you like, a sort of conflation of things? I think it, I mean, it is a multitude of things, but it all comes down to him. I mean, I think your first point that you made there, that the players have kind of been galvanized by this new environment, these new tactical ideas, this new um, training methods, match day routine. He's changed a lot of things and they've really responded well to that. I went to uh, Gothenburg the weekend before the season started to watch the City versus Arsenal game and uh, it was quite a fruitful mix zone afterwards because there wasn't many English uh, media there. So, it you know, you were kind of getting players stopping and having a chat spoke to Clichy and Zabaleta, uh, who both just said they'd never worked in an environment as exciting as this. So I think even before the season kicked off, the players were excited. But then, you know, in terms of what he's actually done in terms of the tactics and, you know, the the, the style of football and this encouraging possession and encouraging City to press really, really high and really hard, um, it's made all the difference. I mean, Guardiola's ideas are actually really simple. Um, you know, it, people are sort of fooled sometimes because he, because his teams play so well. You think that there's some really sort of, you know, detailed magic going on when really it's about keeping the ball. You know, and if his argument is if you've got the ball, the other team can't score for a start, so you're in less danger. And and second of all, if you've got the ball, you can hurt them and you should be. He doesn't like sterile possession, passing the ball from side to side. He likes to get it forward early, you know, playing passes between the lines and, and, and trying to get it into the final third and score goals. And that's what City have done. And uh, these very, very simple changes have just, you know, have brought the players on unbelievably. I mean, if you look, every single player in the squad is playing better than they were. So even the likes of Fernandinho and Kevin De Bruyne, who were two of City's best players last season, they've found a new level. Then you've got players who were sort of mediocre last season who found a new level. You've got players who were awful last season who were flying. You know, Alexander Kolarov was, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say I'd sort of written him off um, in the summer. I didn't think he was worth a place in the side and I certainly didn't see him as a Guardiola player and you watch how well he's playing in a new position as well. He's played centre-half for much of the season. It's been incredible. So, Sanya's been it, decent as well, hasn't he? Sanya's been very good, but Sanya was very consistent last season as well. He's sort of just continued, really. Um, and he's been very good, and he's got a sort of a new role um, because the full-backs operate very differently in this team. But just everybody, every single player, Otamendi's another one. He was very reckless and rash last season. There was a lot of concern about him. Um, and he's just miles better at the moment. So I think Guardiola has come in, and I cannot. I don't think he even believes. I mean, he said this the other day in a press conference that he can't quite believe how quickly the improvement has happened. I don't think he expected it either. And 10 wins from 10, 10 straight wins to start, um, considering how poor City were at the back end of last season. They limped into that fourth spot, really. I mean, it was only because United were in such a mess that City qualified for the Champions League. I think in many other seasons, somebody would have been right on the coattails and probably overtaken them. 
Um, so when you take that into, you know, into context, and he's not signed that many players. A lot of the players City signed this summer are youngsters who are off on loan elsewhere. And he's only just getting the ones who he has brought in for the first team into the side. So really, he's done a lot of this. A lot of this 10-game winning run has been done with Pellegrini's team. And it's remarkable what he's done. And he's, the, the match day routine, just very quickly, little things he's done there. He's scrapped staying in hotels the night before home games, which is something the club have always done. Um, he's never done that at any club. He lets you stay at home with your family and you, you, you turn up and have a light training session in the morning. After games, the players aren't allowed to leave in dribs and drabs anymore. They have to have a meal together at the club. And that's about A, team bonding and B, sort of monitoring the kind of what they're eating, the vitamins and nutrition and everything else. So there's been lots of very big changes and there's been lots of very subtle changes. And altogether, the culture of the club has changed um, remarkably. And there's clearly a team spirit already that wasn't there before. The players and the staff are all coming over to the away end after games to, to thank the fans, which never happened before, which sounds like a small thing. But to those lads and, and women who travel up and down the country, uh, it means everything. Um, and that was something he'd spotted. He'd watched City on video, turned up at the club and said, you know, they're not even going over to the away fans at the end. That's something we've got to change. And he has done. It's been really noticeable. So loads and loads and loads of changes. And the result is just a, a miles better team. I think it's 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 something I would say that is echoed with Spurs with Pochettino as well. It's something we've very much seen since he's come in is, is that culture that you touch on there. Um, how... I think before, you know, kind of the tail end of Villas Boas' time and under Sherwood, we had that really disjointed kind of just, I guess, core team that didn't really seem to have any identity or anything. And in the past, what, two, three years at least under Pochettino, we've just seen an actual clear kind of ethos and culture develop at Spurs, which is something else that you talk I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Just done earlier on with Guardiola. I, I would say I've noticed quite a lot under under Poch too. Is is this idea that people? I think there's this there's this sort of accepted reality, isn't there, that a foreign manager means complicated that it means clipboards and it means tactics boards and all this kind of stuff when a lot of the time it is actually just very simple changes that are made like you say it's it's possession it's this it's you know and there's this there's this kind of I don't know there's this I think sometimes British hubris maybe that you know if, if something's new it, it means it's bad and it means it's it's not it, it doesn't have any values it doesn't represent people i guess 
Um, and I think that's very wrong. And I think that's something that, you know, that you're saying there, how there is that focus on the fans, on the people, on the club as a whole, as not just that 90 minutes. And it's really important. And it's great, isn't it? I guess when you get a manager that can bring that to, to you think, because, you know, I th- there's a lot of revisionism about someone like Harry Redknapp, for example. I think a lot of Spurs fans, it falls into two camps. You know, you have your staunch old boys that are like, Harry, Harry, Harry. And then you have a lot of kind of newer fans that are like, oh, you know, he's a dinosaur, he's this and that. But it was probably somewhere in between. But I think one of the biggest things that I would criticise Redknapp for back then was that he was very self-serving. You know, he was he was, he was was extremely self-serving. And it, the successes were all about him and the failures were all about the team or the fans. Um, and I, I, I would say like, you know, under Pochettino, that's something that we've noticed it's he's always echoing this sentiment that it's about everyone. It's about the collective. Um, and it's great. And I, I, I think it's as much as I take the piss a bit on Twitter, you know, my shtick, I think it is very good to have someone like Guardiola in the Premier League. And it's good to see that kind of developing uh, a squad like City because you do seem to have those values as well. A lot of the work you do in the community, the women's team, the kind of youth teams, the youth stadium you set up, the setup there is incredible. Um, I'm probably going to get in trouble for waxing lyrical about you like that, Rob. So I'm no, sure I mean it, I the, the setup is. I mean the, the the off the field, the off the first team stuff has been going well for a couple of years. You know, even last season, the only criticism with the entire club really was the performance of the first team on the pitch. Um, everything else is is really really well set up and is developing brilliantly. And I mean, there are a lot of sort of new age people involved at City now and. They're not necessarily, you know, you, you city till I die as you were there during the the main road period or whatever. But the general direction of the club is, you know, going in the right direction. And now that the first team is uh, seemingly on the rise as well, then the club is kind of at the position I think they've been wanting wanting to uh, to achieve for for quite a number of years, really. Um, I one thing. So moving on to our moving on to our game. Um, we we sort of got the rub against you last year a bit, um, which is good. I I genuinely thought after uh, after we beat you up there, I thought that was it. I thought we were going to go on and win the league at that point. That was that was kind of the point I said to Seb afterwards. I was like, if we beat City today, we're going to do it, you know. But whatever, the rest is history. Leicester held on, um, but it should be a good game. I think this one coming up. I think it's it's possibly more of a test for Spurs at this point than it is for City, I'd say. Although it probably is still a pretty good test for you. Um, how are you feeling ahead of the game? Well, it's the one that I think everyone's sort of nervous about um, from a City perspective. I mean, that you're probably aware that the 10, 10 games City have won is a club record for the start of a season. They've never... Seven was the record. Seven straight wins was the best start City had ever managed, and that was back in 1897. So we've already smashed that. You know, Guardiola smashed it, but the, he's got another record in his sights now, which is most consecutive wins at any stage of a season, which at the minute is 11. So City gets a Celtic on Wednesday. Very good opportunity to equal that record, which would mean the Spurs game is the chance for him to break it. Um but there is a feeling that it might just be a step too far. City can't win every game. You know, no team wins every game. And obviously Spurs are, Spurs have made their best start to a season in a long time. They look absolutely superb in, in many areas. And I just think it'll be, it's, it's set up to be a really, really good game, whichever way it goes. You know, there's, 
two proper teams there who were who were playing well. And I mean, I think obviously City have been to Old Trafford already, which should have been you know a really sort of good game, but they just sort of outclassed United. Really, United didn't seem to be quite up to the standard that many thought that they would be. Whereas I think Spurs are a different proposition. They already look like they've kicked into gear, um, which I think has come from having you know this sort of this manager with a who's got a great kind of philosophy about the way he wants to do things and play the game and he's been there a while now so he's he's shaped everything in the way that he wants he's got rid of players who aren't on board and you know he's only got players who are buying into his ideas which is which is good to see so i just i don't know i just i've got a feeling it could be um it could be one of the best games of the season so far. There's a bit of history as well between the two of them, isn't there? So that should be that would be a nice Sky Sports subplot as well. I think. Yeah, they'll they'll probably try and make that you know more important than the game, but um, we won't fall for that. You know, we uh, we know that the, the game's more important. I mean, they did it with United and, and City earlier in the season. That it was all about you know they were trying to. Basically, Sky was saying it was the, the biggest derby of all time, which, of course, is nonsense. The two teams have played an FA Cup semi-final at Wembley a few years ago. Then there was a title, pretty much a title showdown decider at the Etihad in 2012. Huge games. This was like, you know, the fourth, fifth game of a season. It was not really that important, but they tried to make the, the managers and the off-the-field stuff the most important, which, of course, is what they do, but... I've been. I'm much. I'm just more, much more intrigued by can City kind of um, produce their best against a proper team because the Spurs are the first sort of exceptionally good team I think um, City are going to have played so far this season. So it's the first kind of acid test of just how uh, how far Guardiola's brought City on. It's very nice to hear you uh, describe us in those in those terms, Rob. It was uh, something Seb and I were talking about last week, actually, before the uh, before the Champions League game. That it seems to be Spurs Spurs fans kind of we're still in this weird kind of territory where we're like, well, we're a good Spurs team, but it seems to be increasingly that a lot of kind of non-Spurs fans are saying now, no, you, you're actually just a good team now, really. Yeah, um, you got a good manager. That's the, 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 Ferguson used to say at United, the manager's the most important person at a football club, which of course isn't strictly true. The person ploughing the money in is more important or whatever, but you meant on a, on a kind of yeah, day-to-day yeah. first-team basis, there is no one more important than the manager, and it's so true. And I've seen evidence of that at City this season and I think you're probably seeing the same thing at, at Spurs which is if you get a good manager who knows what he's doing and and um, you know he's, he's playing in the right way training he's preparing his players in the right way you're going to do miles better they're so much important much more important than players you know Guardiola is City's best signing of the Mansour era you know there's no two ways about it or could you know should prove to be anyway just, just very quickly to to close, mate. Um, it looks as though you're going to be missing Kevin De Bruyne for the game. Mm. Um, yeah. Just how much of a loss is that for you? Because he's he's obviously started this season exceptionally, um, standout player in the league, quite obviously. Um, is I, I see David Silva is returning. Is could he fill that void? Because he's you know it's it's. It's, a, it's it's not a bad dilemma to have, is it, if you play David Silver or Kevin De Bruyne? I know they're not exactly the same type of player, but 
they can kind of occupy that similar role. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of options in that area. That's probably City's strongest area, really. So although De Bruyne is a huge loss, and he has been exceptionally good, um, City do have a lot of options. Gundogan can come in to uh, Silver's eight role. Silver can go into the number ten role, um, and he can play sort of Sterling. Um, Another great Nabbas. start to the season as well. Which is He's been absolutely sensational. He really has. I'm glad I've got the opportunity to mention him, really, Sterling, because obviously he's faced such ridiculous abuse. Hideous, really, to be be honest. Oh, it's outrageous from fans and the media. I'm not just sort of singling one or the other out. He gets booed, or last season was booed at pretty much every away ground in the country, mercilessly as well. Uh, And then obviously he got sort of hammered by the media in the summer after the whole England thing, and he just seems to get such unfair stick and... The way he's answered the critics with the, with his start to this season has just been absolutely. It's been a great story, you know, a really, really great little subtext to City season. I think. I, d- I don't know if you saw it. There was even just very quick. There was a, there was even like a shade of someone uh, of calling him somehow selfish because he didn't square it for Aguero for the hat trick yesterday as well. Yeah, that seems to yeah. be the kind of insidious level of this anti-Sterling agenda, which is, you know, I'm sure we can all speculate as to many reasons. Yeah. exists but yeah you know yeah i mean the, the the one yesterday yeah i mean perhaps you know if he'd missed the chance and then you could probably level that criticism at him but the the fact is he shimmied past the defender and slotted it over and scored one of the one of the best goals of city season so far so it seems slightly ridiculous to me to even criticize him at all it was a great goal and he'd ran pretty much the full length of the pitch to get on the end of that so, you know, he deserved the opportunity to to go it alone, in my opinion, and it, and it proved the right decision. So he's just been great and he's got to be more, they've moved him to the right. I mean, he played on the left uh, for large parts of yesterday, but they've, generally he's been um, switched to the right-hand side. But I just can't square it off in my head that that one little subtle tactical change has made such a big difference. He's got to be a lot more going on. I mean, obviously confidence is a big one. He's got a manager who really has made a thing of saying you are a really good player and you're going to be a big player for me. And I think that's made a big difference. But there's there's obviously things going on on the training ground as well because the difference has just been remarkable. I mean, he was a broken young man when at the end of last season. I think he'd played one full 90 minutes in the last 10 weeks of the season. Pellegrini appeared to have kind of given up on him a little bit, probably because he he was going himself. Um, and then obviously England in the summer was a low point. And then just to see this lad come back and play like he has done, and it's just been superb, really has. I'm really pleased for him. It's great to see, isn't it? Right. Um, yeah. So just to close it, mate, uh, push you for a, for a score prediction. Mm. Um, I'll probably, I'd probably say a draw, about two-all draw I'll go for. But... Uh, it's so hard to call, I think, because, I mean, as I explained, I just think two of the sort of best teams going um, going at each other early in the season, it can be quite difficult to uh, to call. But uh, I just I just hope it is a good game because it should be. And, uh, yeah, I'll go for two all. Awesome. All right, thanks very much for your time, Rob, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season, mate. Nice one. Thanks, mate. Nice one. Thank you very much, Rob. Um for talking to us about City. Uh, I still, you know, if you actually follow me on Twitter, you'll see uh, 
my actual opinions on Pep, just not when I'm trying to be nice to to placate Rob because he's sort of given up a bit of his time, really. In short, Pep Guardiola is a fraud, and uh, if, he a, <laughs> if he if he was a proper manager, mate, he'd uh, he'd come in and like Yaya Toure's agent said, you know. It's all well and good to go into a club, spend two hundred million pounds, and have everyone say you're a great manager. But could he do what Pochettino's done at Tottenham? Well, <laughs> there we go, mate. I, uh, I, I hate Yaya Torre's agent. I do hate Yaya, like- but you know, I, like maybe it's because it's Poch. But like, there was a li- there's a little bit of me that is like, I, I know, uh, I know, but like, uh, but Selleck, Selleck says uh, stuff just for the sake yeah, of attention. He's like, yeah. he's, um, he's, he's awful. He's like a cancer. Really is. Well, say what you really think, Seb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's do some listener questions. There was no need for me to say it in that bizarre voice, but there we go. Um, so, like we were saying at the start, identity fluidity. Identity yeah, fluidity, just mate. Go with, go with how you feel. That's I think, it. You know. If I weren't with how I feel, I'd be, I'd be yeah. somewhere, <laughs> you know. Not non-stop <laughs> eating what's it's pizza booze oh, the lot yeah all of it yeah. why do, why does why is it why is it that the brain makes you this way why why is it that it tells you that pizza and thickly spread butter and you know things like that alcohol cigarette oh cigarettes why are all these things? Why does it want all those things? And why is it so bad for you? Is it because no. it's bad for you that you want it? Or is it just because they're actually awesome? I think some of those things are wrapped up in instant gratification. Like, so it, but we're not you here associate- for long, mate. We're only here, like, if you, if you think about it, you know, people say that like human beings, if the world's a 24-hour clock, human beings have been here for what, like two seconds or something? So yeah, really, but... You know, well, what would no, but what I mean, mate, is that if you if you like you associate pizza, well, I do. You associate pizza not with ah oh, shit. I've got to go to the the, the 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 shop and buy some vegetables, and then I've got to boil the water, and then I've got to maybe make some kind of sauce, and oh, what am I going to make with it? But then you associate pizza with oh, someone's just going to bring that to me. That'll be nice. Yeah, yeah and then but, but cigarettes. It's, it's is, really cigarettes nice is the well, same right? thing. It's like oh, you know, I'm a little bit bored. I what should I do? Oh, I know, you know. It's, it's one of those so instead of like because i suppose you're the, the 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 opposite of a, a of a cigarette is maybe going for a five minute run and one of those things is vastly more appealing than the other Do you know, in one, the short term one of the most annoying things well my, my my dad said some very annoying things to me over the years um but probably one of the most harrowing things my father's ever said to me I remember when i was probably about 15 16 or so and uh yeah they found some cigarettes and there's that whole oh i'm gonna get in trouble now type thing yeah and my, my dad's quite uh you know he's 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 foreign so you know he's quite he's quite an emotional person yeah you know what you should fuck off you know back where you come from then John. exactly you know you know what them foreigners are like um, but he's quite emotional. He's quite headstrong, and you know, I thought, oh, like this is it. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna kick off about this and blah blah blah. But all he said to me was, yeah, because he was someone that smoked. He used to smoke like thirty, forty a day from when he was a teenager to you know whenever when he was in his thirties. He said, "I'm not gonna have a go at you, son. All I'm gonna say is, you know, once they've got you hooked, you never lose the itch. You never lose Ooh, the itch." Chill. Yeah. 
And yeah. to this day, it's always stuck with me, and it's true. You know, like I, I've, I've, I smoke from what the age of like eighteen to like my mid twenties or so, and I'll have mm. one every now and again when I'm drunk. But still, there are times when I'm just there, and I'm like, oh, that'd be nice. I could kill. Yeah. One. No, talking about this now, mate, I could, I could smash. I could fucking. Oh, I get a couple. You know, I, I was, I, I probably smoked from sixteen to twenty-eight. Yeah, twenty-eight. And that funny, my my mum smoked. And um, we, I was t- t- talking to her about this the other day that I, um, until I'd had my first cigarette, like there were always like sort of packets of cigarettes hanging around at home, and you know she 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 you know she'd have them out and or in a, a, a purse, never stole one, ever. No, I, I was never tempted. It's really really odd because you think sort of like because she always she I think she always thought that sort of she was behind me smoking, but actually it was com- the complete opposite. I um. Yeah, just uh, it had nothing to do with it. In fact, it put me off it for a really long time. You're only saying it's this because she listens, so right? Yeah. No, she, no, she I knows that. She knows day. that. No, no, no. She knows. She knows. And um, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, oh, it's a good thing. I mean, no, it's not a good thing. I don't like if we've got any sort of younger people listening. No, smoking is bad, but um, it's also kind of wonderful. So yeah, yeah. pressure. Yeah, Christ. all the kids do it. Um. Yeah, I mean, like you don't go to school, you probably will never have any friends. But so. put it this way: if you if you don't smoke one day, you'll have nothing to talk about on your own podcasts. You know, when you make those when you're older, <laughs> like us sat here on a Sunday, cool guys. Great anecdotes. So you know, so good, good, good for careers. It's great football content, this mate. Great football content. <laughs> um, list of questions. All right, we've had yeah, one from on. at Lev Simon. Simon, um, hello, Simon. Which of our youngsters will play the most for us, and who will do the most in the game? Um, don't know about which game in particular. Maybe he just means in I the game. Is generally it? okay in the game. So well, yeah. uh, we, we we were talking a little uh, little about this um, earlier on, Seb, uh, and so we can try mm-hmm. and kind of you know recreate as much of the conversation as we can. I don't know about you. But I was quite upset at the start of the season to lose Ben to Leban Mason. However, now, seeing the growing success of Harry Winks and Josh Onoma, I almost feel like we've replaced with better. Mm. I, I certainly think we've replaced with better characters. Not that Ben to was suspect. I think we, we see that. Um, and by all accounts, he, he's taking a bit of flack in Germany at the moment now. Um, but I, uh, I'm really excited about Harry Winks. You're a little bit more excited about Onoma. No, I like, I, Onoma. I, I like both of them, mate. I, I, I think. No, but I mean, in terms of, in, rela- in relation to, to to my view on him, I think he's uh, a good okay. player, but a little bit raw. But I, um, I, I really, I like, I, I really like what I saw from Harry Winks the other night. I thought he was excellent. I think um, one of the big things that uh, I don't know how much is getting talked about, but we've mentioned a few times in conversation is uh, how last year he was a bit shall we say, Tom Carroll. And this year he's a bit been on the protein shakes. Like he's, he's, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, tonked definitely. out. Man, man's tonked out as, uh, as the kids <laughs> would say. So <laughs> got you back, Jim bros. Got you back. Yeah. He, well, he certainly, I don't know whether this is just growing or whether he's actually been on some kind of dedicated program, but he certainly looks bigger physically broader. Um, and he, he might've grown a little bit as well. Uh, but he, um, I, I always thought that he was sort of destined to be uh, another Tom Carroll, like a sort of a very nice little footballer. But 
someone that would just be blown over by the wind. Um, but no, he's, um, he looks like he's Premier League ready. So I think he'll play quite a lot. I think um, I'm just interested. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really into sort of the predicting youth player thing. I, I, I don't know. I just I enjoy seeing them. I think that's, um, yeah, it's just fun to, to see something different. Not, you know, new signings from outside all the time, but players that we've been aware of for quite a lot, few years who, who, who sort of finally make the grade. It's, it's just, it gives you a good feeling as a fan. Uh, it makes you feel like your club is healthy. What, what, um, what, what I quite like about it, mate, like, and I, you know, I'll probably be corrected by a Windy or someone like that. Um, second shout out in as many weeks for Windy. Um, he's just on my mind, Chris. You're on my mind. Um, the thing I quite like about Harry Winks, we talk about Kane potentially being that throwback centre forwards. Does Winks almost fall into that throwback of just being a central midfielder? Because that seems to be that sort of that position that you, you grew up with in the nineties. That you have, you know, your central midfielders, your wingers, your strikers, um, and the central midfielder was kind of that guy that just was relied upon to do a bit of everything. And I, I, just from the, the from the early indications from what I've seen of Wink so far, he seems to be that. He doesn't seem to be too attacking, too defensive. He just seems to be there to be a bit of a utility man in a way. Decent range of passing. Doesn't shy yeah. away from a tackle. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I've, I've seen enough of him to know yet. I mean, I, I I've got, got a general, a, a bit of a feel for what he's able to do, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we've sort of until, until he's given responsibilities in, in against teams other than Gillingham, respectfully. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know, um, because. We've all, you know, players. Yeah, I, I, I suppose it's just going to depend on how Pochettino chooses to use him in a kind of Premier League environment or a Champions League environment. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, and I, I don't want to fall into the trap of kind no, of pigeonholing no. him. You know, fair enough. I think uh, just on the on Onoma as well. Just very quickly, one of the things I, I feel about Onoma. Um, you feel? It, I feel. I feel. Feels deep. Yeah. I feel. Uh, is it just I, I quite like his rawness, that's thing. Um and it's I quite unpredictable. Yeah, I and quite, I, yeah, I quite like that. What what stands out for me is I think he I, I'd liken him a little bit to not not too much like stylistically, um, but just in terms of maybe in attributes. He reminds me a little bit of Oscar in the respect that he he's quite good at retaining possession and almost being Somewhat defensive is the wrong word, but he's good at getting stuck in in the attacking third, and that's something yeah. that Oscar's done with great success for Chelsea over the years. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I quite like that. I think he's. I think there's a, as I said before, baby Dembele. The shades of a baby Dembele about um, Josh Onoma without being exactly the same type of player as Dembele. Though I don't think he's ever going to be as big or as enforcing as Dembele, but I think he has potentially be a lot more kind of positive in and around the attacking third than Dembele is. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think he's yeah. I think he's a good player. Um, in terms of like who's going to go furthest in the game, as what Simon said, I mean, if the hype is to be believed, it's Marcus Edwards, right? Yeah, I mean, Edwards. we we can't say that now. We don't know how it's going to turn out, but good God, that 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 run and shot 
that was ominous, right? When he came on against Gillingham and you saw that, and it would have been nice to see that go in, obviously. That's kind of the start of the the montage in 20 years' time, isn't it? You know, this was his first <laughs> appearance. And, yeah, with, with a bit of Coldplay in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, there yeah, was, yeah. you know, for whatever we think about his attitude or whatever stories have happened off the mm. pitch and for whatever hype there is and for so on and so forth, little flashes like that 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 kind of thing you it, 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 i see more what you've been saying just off of the back of that now that you're like mm-hmm. yeah there's something there like there's there is a there's a real talent there but it's i think what we've got to be careful of is not getting carried yeah. away with that because young you, you talented might, young players can fall by the wayside yeah. francis jeffers i know it sounds silly but well I, i'd say john bostock yeah, i mean well, yeah. i i remember i remember being a white lane i don't know why some... i went to francis jeffers as a but, <laughs> yeah, I but I, bostock bostock was really interesting mate because bostock i remember I, I cannot for life of me remember when or i think it was just like around 2008 2009 we um we played at the lane against it was in the Europa League and it was under red nap. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure it was, you know, he was trying to throw the game by playing young kids. Um, I think Giovanni scored in that game as well. Bostock came on and, um, he looked brilliant. Like not in the sort of the game dominating way. He wasn't on the pitch for very long, but you just, that you saw him with the ball at his feet and you thought, geez, he's going to be a player. And so there's a little bit of Edwards in he, 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 Edwards reminds me a little bit of that um, because not in the sense that they're similar or I don't know anything about Mark Edwards' personality. Um, I, I, I just mean that I want to be cautious, you know, because I thought Bostock would play for England and based on ultimately fuck all. He didn't, of course. He, I don't know wherever he went now, but wherever he's playing now, but he, you know, he's certainly not playing for England. Um, but I, I just, a, a talent like that is so precious. Um, and also, I mean, I, I don't want to overemphasize it, but like some of these little episodes on social media just make me think, really? Like, I mean, he, I, I, I'm a little suspicious of him. I, um, just because I, I, I know this is, this might be confirmation bias. I, I, I fully accept that, but you know, we, our default now is to expect young talented footballers to be entitled. Um, and so you look for signs of it and, you know, sometimes you, you mistake sort of just immaturity and, you know, young guys growing up for, for something more serious and long lasting. But I don't know. I don't know yet. I mean, I, um, let's just, I, I think we just, we, we, we keep him in the, the theoretical pile for the time being. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, we'll see. But, for just, uh, a, 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 I'm sure we don't need to shout him out any more than we already do and everyone knows who he is already but if uh if any of you are listening aren't aware of windy you should give him a follow um at windy coys because he talks all about the youth team yeah and developing there's, there's players no- in depth and he'll probably give you a better idea than several i will be able to so yeah definitely i mean chris actually um or chris goes to the youth games and um so he um like for a, a lot of what um my 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 perception of Edwards is based solely on what he's done for England's age group teams, and that isn't always a very realistic gauge. Um, you know, so so someone like Chris, and um, I think certainly I don't know if he still does, but at some point he at one point used to uh, bankrupt Spurs certainly went to youth games too, um, and so I think they're they're a pretty and they're actually in the past to be fair to those guys they've been pretty on the money with with who they've seen as um, 
as sort of realistic, viable professionals. I think I lost all uh, respect for Bancroft after he uh, he was fully on board with Tim Sherwood, mate. You know, like he he, he doesn't stop mm-hmm. banging that drum. You know, I know. Let it go, let it go, Bancroft. He's gone, mate. All right, he's not coming back. Yeah, Never, ever I know he was your back, hero. Evan. All right, but <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh, he just wait. He just hates Pochettino, doesn't he? Like, no, he's, he's like, so like, against progressive, progressive like, football, progressive values, everything. Like whenever, whenever there's like a you know a youth player making his debut, you always get that tweet from Bancroft about how like you know really it should just be a 33 year old. You know, Mate, he was going on the other bro. day saying January, none of this Janssen bollocks. I want Defoe back. You know, <laughs> he wants Crouch and Defoe back. I heard Robbie Keane on loan. <laughs> Bring David Bentley out of retirement, you know. <laughs> Fucking hate David Bentley. <laughs> hate him so much. So, yeah, um, that's at Bankrupt Spurs <laughs> and at Windy Coys. Give them both a follow. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Hey, see what I did there? Yeah, um, good. Yeah. Um, right, John. In fact, quite literally, if you just type in Tim Sherwood into Twitter, I'll be very surprised if Bankrupt's account doesn't come <laughs> <up> pretty quickly. <laughs> uh <laughs> Let's have a look here. Um, right, Bogo at Bogo One asks us: Is Kyle Walker becoming the best right back on the planet? Are any of his previous flaws still present? Dash relevant? And <laughs> I, I don't know if this is delivered with a sense of irony or not. But at the same time, I don't know. Kyle Walker to me is pretty much a complete package nowadays. I, it's it's hard best to best English in it. Best English fullback by a mile at the I mean, moment. I mean, him, him and Klein quite, were quite, level quite punching for a while, but he just seems to have stepped up. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I, I put Walker ahead of Klein now, definitely. It's, uh, it's, it's phenomenal though, isn't it? How quite how good Carl Walker... Because he had that... I, I remember when we did sign him from, from United, Sheffield United, when he when he was a kid, people were saying, yeah, he was classed in that wonder kid bracket, right? And people were saying, yeah, yeah. he's going to go far... And he, but do you remember Norton was actually thought of as the bigger talent when that because they they came together. Yeah, they, well, I they think Norton was a bit further or, ahead, wasn't he? That that's what it was. But, he was a little older, I yeah. want to say. And I, I remember we signed them the week of um, the friendly with Barcelona at Wembley when Jake Livermore mm. scored. And I remember people being really excited about Norton and, and Walker. Walker Walker had like a he had a first team appearance the following year. Um, the following season against some against a no mark team, it wasn't a consequential game, but he was lightning. I mean, like you, you, the, you saw the, the athlete that he was, you know, that he still is, and that you know we know and love. Um, but then you thought, actually, you know, he's just a, like a completely different level of player to Carl Norton. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm answering the question. I think that um, what I'd say is that I. I, I wouldn't underestimate, like, yes, he, he's vastly improved, but I also, there's an interesting pattern in Pochettino's career of the development of fullbacks he's worked with. I mean, because you mentioned Nathaniel Klein, and Nathaniel Klein got a hell of a lot better under Pochettino. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Shaw, I know Luke Shaw was, was talked about for, for, for years before he eventually moved to Manchester United, but he became far more, far more rounded player under Pochettino. Rose's improvement has been, uh, uh, I, I, I'd say Danny Rose has improved more than Kyle Walker, but he was at a lower level. Um, the Walker was previously, and younger, of course. Um, but you know, there's, there's a, he's a sort of uh, Pochettino is a kind of the, uh, the the fullback whisperer. I don't know. <laughs> he is really, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, he does just amazing things with fullbacks. But I think it's because they have so much responsibility in his system. 
Um, because I think one of the things I noticed about Walker this season is that like, he's always been the guy that will will penetrate deep into the opposition half. But I don't know if this is very new, but it's, it's something I've only noticed recently in that he, he's now sort of underlapping as well as overlapping, not to go with Brendan Rodgers, but you see him drive through the middle of the pitch a little bit more often. Um, and he's he's someone that's willing to kind of inject a little bit of uh, temperament into to our attacking play, and obviously, like his defensive positioning is exponentially better. And you know, it's like night and day watching him defend now because he used to be such a liability. Especially if you ever see a cross coming from our left hand side and Walker on the back post, you just thought oh, bad things happen. Basically, um, uh, there was always you know like a, a, a drifting opponent or like a, something clumsy or just some terrible clearance. But he's just that part of his game is I don't I have no worries about him, which is pretty 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 high compliment. I think one of the one of the things it, it, again it's really uh, it's a really basic way to look at it, but apt again I feel um, is that when you consider okay if you don't think Walker's good enough, who do you replace? Like who who do you, who do you look at across? Yeah, and it, it, think think of money, prestige, everything as no mm. no option. You know, n- not a problem at all. If you could sign from the riches of any, you know, Barcelona, whoever, you'd still look at it and think, well, who who's a massive upgrade on Carl Walker? If we're mm. talking like you know, a, a huge leaps and bounds better player, I don't think there are many. I really don't. No, I, I don't. I don't think. Well, there are certainly none in our price range. Um, I I I, I um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've. He is. Um, I suppose he's he's still a few years away from his prime, but he's just he's a terrific player now. That is fantastic. Um, um, yeah, I, he is. I, I hope this uh, at Ben Lewis oh seven nine five. Um, he actually asked, "Can we have a Carl Walker appreciation segment?" So I think we've we've. There you go. There you go, there you man. Go. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's a great player. Um, let's just do a couple more questions. Okay, so we've got uh, Nikhil Siglani. At Nikhil underscore Sagani. When everyone is fit, what's our best front four? Good question. Well, Kane, without a doubt, for me up there. I oh. are we are we are we are we saying okay when everyone's fit, but is this on present form? Or because, think, when when everyone's fit and in their oh, okay. best form, I guess. Let's, okay, let's take it on best. that. All right, yeah. okay, let's remove the variables. All right, uh yeah, Kane. Um Lamella, uh, Ali, and oh, mate, I'm going to get Son. <laughs> I, I still have Ericsson there ahead of Son. Yeah, I would uh, too, mate. Because, uh, and we're not talking about this in January, but, um, you know, early days of Son still with this form. Great, great to see, but, you know, I, I, Ericsson, Ericsson and Ali have done a lot more for Tottenham um, and I'm more convinced of their, their worth at the moment. And that's sort of the the sort of the, their ability to sustain their worth. Let's put it that way. So that that's the justification there. So Kane, Lamella, Ali, Eriksson. Yep. Sissoko, Sissoko gets nowhere near it for me. No, no, at no. the moment, um, I'm afraid. Uh, which is a really sad thing to say about a thirty million pound player, but you know, whatever. Uh, thirty million pound players have become the new ten million pound players. So, so, so there you go. You know. Okay. Maybe looking at it that one. <laughs> um, you know what? I still don't feel that much better about it. No. Oh, this is a good one. Um, give, me a, had... give me Yarmolenko for thirty million pounds. I mean, you know, come on. Anyway, old. Oh, let's let's uh, let's not rake over old graves. 
Simon from online at Spurs fans. Simon asks if there was one physical thing you could take home after the final game at White Hart Lane, what would you take? It's got to be one of the golden cockerels over the. God, that'd be a great moment, right? Come on. I think so, but then I'm terribly afraid of heights. Um, So me getting up there to take it, I don't know. I don't know whether actually having you could fly. If you, yeah, but I'd still be really high, and I'd still be afraid of flying. I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll be high up in the air, and I think there's a no, Pix- just... there's a Pixar story in that, mate. Like the bird that was afraid of heights, <laughs> perhaps. Should pitch it's kind that. of like an offshoot Shit. of How to Train Your Dinosaur, isn't it? Yeah, How to Train Your Dragon. It's good, good film. To... Actually, quite fun. Um, How to Train Your Dinosaur, Christ. Dragon. Sorry, um, I wouldn't mind a penalty spot. Dig what, that out. Would you dig it out and? Dig it out, you, put it in a glass case. Did you see... Per- uh, it was quite funny. Burnley, from their official Twitter account, <laughs> on their website, they put out a memo um, just saying, there's loads of topsoil uh, available, <laughs> free. free of charge, because <laughs> we've uh, we've been doing over training grounds and uh, there's a load of topsoil. So anybody wants it, come and have some. Um, right. right then. Look, Rod is on the pod. Even when he's not, he's, you know he's going <laughs> to critique that accent as well. I don't think it was that bad. It's on fucking no, nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hang on, one physical thing. Break. Okay, so I guess I might not be able to get I, I, up I, I, to I, I, to take the golden cockerel and this and that. So I, I don't know, a seat maybe, a bit of plastic. Don't know. What else can you take? Goal. But you I mean, could, could you? Could, but if he's saying if there was one physical thing, I, I, when he says physical thing, is this like, yeah, what can you actually carry on your person and take? A, I think you need to be a bit more specific with these questions, Simon. If you're gonna, if you're gonna send us one in future, yeah, mate. Just saying. Like a shout, like a shout. Seat from the dugout. Seat for, oh yeah, they're quite nice. That, that, that could being comfortable. Like your words. living room, you know. Oh yeah, that'd be quite nice. Good shout. Uh, have some padded, may, aren't they? Maybe, and, Maybe, you know, depending on how afraid of the security you were, maybe you could make a dash for something in the in the home dressing room. I was going to say, if we're talking about, like, one physical thing you could take home after the final game at White Hart Lane, might even just, like, you know, have one of the, take play- a player. Have one of the players' Bentleys or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just grab one yeah. of the players, just, like, over like- the shoulder. Like, <laughs> someone small. Like, you, I, I, I reckon you could, you, could, you could just grab, like, Tom Carroll, put him over your shoulder and, and make your way back down, back down the high, high road. What would you do with him, though, mate? I don't know, but you know, it would be at least be a sort of a talking point if you wanted to have a dinner party or you know so, house party. You know, kind of, can you what, go and get off, me my after, after the after the prison sentence is finished? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even then, if you were doing time for that, that would I don't know. That would you know that's that little anecdote would probably amuse your fellow inmates. What were you in for? Tax fraud? You? I murdered someone. I stole Tom Carroll from White Hot Lane. Yeah. I stole a 14 <laughs> year old boy looking grown man. Special wing for people like you, but you <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my, that's my territory you've gone into there. So the problem. Sorry, mate. Yeah. I, Not our worse. normal criminal element. Um, no. Anyway, let's kill it there. Um, yeah, that will do. <laughs> yeah. 
If you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Rule the Roost podcast, you can do so on Acast or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at RTR underscore pod. And also go to the website rtrpod.com where yeah you know if you don't want to listen on Acast or iTunes there's an embedded web player there um come on you Spurs What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 